0: The we'll sports. Have, how do you feel sports about balls, uh, mm-hmm. the Dolphins last night?
1: Dude, yeah. Well, honestly, man, like, it, so if if we win last night, we literally turn around and play the Bills again. So if we lose last night, we turn around and play the Chiefs.
2: Yeah. At Arrowhead.
1: At Arrowhead. So, I mean, I don't know, I mean, what do you want? It's kind of the destiny was set when we lost to Baltimore. Just yeah. Go out and, there and,
2: and give it 110%, man? How about them Panthers? And injuries put up zero points for the <laughs> second week in a row? Uh,
0: I don't know, but Amanda and I were talking about the Panthers' social media person, you know, that works for the team that's just got the hardest job. Hardest job. <laughs> I mean, finding article. highlights. <laughs> I mean, this article uh, that they wrote, them. that the Panthers wrote, and they were like, they were able to lock in a fourth place in the NFC South, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, they really <laughs> locked in. <laughs> they worked hard to lock in that fourth place. I also saw a stat that... This season was the first time in NFL history that an NFL team did not have a lead in the fourth quarter the entire
2: season. Dang, did they fire was their it the GM. Panthers.
0: It was the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, it's never, it's never, you know, some sort of weird stat. It's like, oh yeah, there was a team that did this in the you know Oof. '60s or whatever. It's like, no, no one, no team has ever been so bad that they've never even had a lead going into the fourth. Or yeah. in the fourth quarter. How
2: would you like to meet
0: Bryce Young? I don't know. I mean, he's getting paid a, a lot of money to learn. You I know, guess it's, that's true. It's, uh, I don't know which would be better to be on a team School where there's hard knocks, such low expectations or to be on a team where it's super high and, you know, everyone's got a lot riding on it. So it's a good, it's a good um, you know, but the Panthers will probably do like what they did with Christian McCaffrey, and anyone else who's halfway decent just sell, trade sell, them sell. off. Sell, 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 sell. To, Well, they're, they're pretty good. Let's sell them off. Yeah. For draft picks. So, anyways. They just got to get more baskets than the other team.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's enough sports ball for Derek. He's mm-hmm. starting to glaze over. Yeah. So, okay. It's so it's right, hockey, let's, he doesn't let's, care. Let's no, talk no. about the outdoors. And we have a pretty interesting story that none of – this was just exposed right before we got on. Are you talking about got boat? Yeah. That's, yeah. What I'm, that's all but I'm worried about. This episode brought to you by gumbroker.com. Our friends over at GunBroker, Broker, uh, we've been doing some cool stuff with them all year. We're going to shoot some of the No Low Ballers podcasts with Gun Broker in the GunBroker booth in a couple weeks. That shot show all week. Really cool guests coming on. Definitely recommend checking out the show to stay tuned for those episodes when they drop. Um, but make sure you log this show and, and follow the No Low Ballers podcast at the same time. All right, Derek. Yes. Grandpa's Bass Boat.
3: Yes. So my grandfather had a Bass Tracker. Um,
1: if I you cover up the B, like my buddies did on my boat, it becomes huh?
0: the A S S oh, Tracker. Belt, belt, belt. I'm like, wait up, Derek Derek's <laughs> brain. Cover
3: up the B, and it becomes a dollar oh. sign, dollar <laughs> sign. Uh. No, All right, so go ahead. He had this Bass Tracker. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly what it was. Um, probably a late '90s model. Decent, nice little bass boat. Um, when he Passed away, my uncle got the boat, and at the time my uncle was living in Maryland, and so he took the boat up to Maryland. Boat sat in a garage for a little while up there, and then this this guy that everyone knows comes to town to film this movie, a sequel movie, National Treasure Two, and they have this scene where they need a bass boat, and they have it in their mind like exactly what kind of bass boat they want. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher parts of the story. Someone in my family is going to be like, "Oh, you got this detail wrong." But whatever. Your so, family
1: listens to the podcast.
3: Uh, I think my mom does sometimes, but Man, anyways. Anyways. you're the one on the then, podcast. Whatever you say. Of my yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, they do some kind of search to figure out where some of these boats are. They come up with like a list of three of these boats that are registered in the state of Maryland, and. <laughs> Uh, They go to the first guy, and they're like, hey, we want to use your boat for this movie. And the first guy's like, no, you're not touching my boat. I fish with this thing every weekend. It's my boat. Go away from me. And if I remember right, there was – when they came to the people, they didn't say necessarily who they were with or what movie it was or anything. They just knew it was going to be – somebody wanted to use it for a movie. That's tough negotiating then. Yeah. Well, they come to my uncle. And they're like, hey, we want to use your boat. And he's like, that boat's sat in storage for, like, I don't know how many years at this point. He's like, I'm not even sure it runs. Um, You can blow it up if you want to. (laughs) Um, And they're like, okay, we'll pay you this much money to use the boat. And they had the boat for, I don't know, a week or two to film what is probably a two-minute scene in the whole movie. And it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. But if I remember right, there's a scene in the movie where Nicholas Cage is character his father is out like fishing on the potomac at night to like run like block so that like secret service will go find him while nicholas cage's character is breaking yeah. in. yeah yeah that's the boat that his father's character is on fishing was my grandfather <laughs> so boat. it's in a movie <laughs> at
2: night mm-hmm. so people
3: you know, <laughs> just know like, you got a paid a silhouette oh. of a
2: boat yeah <laughs> I but didn't.
1: the boat still you're saying that he still has the yeah, boat. Yeah, so my uncle still storage. has
3: the boat. Um I think he has it at his house now. And
1: he's willing for it to be blown up but won't give it to you.
3: Yeah. He hates you. What did you do? There? <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's nothing like that. It's cuz
1: he knows that Well it's now, well,
0: it's it's because he knows previous Derek. He doesn't know well, current. Oh, God, we're bringing this well, up. Now high it's. high school. Think of, the, think of the value of put think of it on boat trader. It's like Put it on Craigslist
3: as seen it. Like, has seen treasure in treasure national treasure Put it on Gunbroker. broker. Gun We'll see what happens. Two G's. So, so yeah, that's the story of uh, the Tolls family bass boat. Well, it's similar to the boat that you bought then. It is. Um, yeah. my, the one that I have is an aluminum hull. I want to say that that one was fiberglass. Oh. Uh, don't quote me on that. I want to say. It. I only fished off that boat once when I was very little. Um, so I have very little recollection in of the it. Baby. Yeah. No, the one that is. Yeah, yeah. No, I did not fish on it in the movie. That's what you're saying. Then. Yeah, I know. So yeah. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: waiting for Braden to uh Oh.
2: Are man. you are you ready? I'm ready, dude. It's just been like a whole <laughs> season of it really. I had one good oh, day deer hunting, shot oh, two deer, God. and other than that it's just been a series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. Uh so I said that the last time that went on when I missed the buck, uh, on December thirtieth was gonna be like before that hunt, we were like, "Ah, it's probably gonna be my last time of the year." Just timing wise, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get out again. Well, came around to this weekend. I thought we had something all weekend, and I was like, "What do we got this weekend?" Sab. She's like, "Nothing." I was like, "Really? Okay." uh So went out Sunday evening to my grandpa's, and like found this little spot kind of on Onyx that I've looked at on Onyx before, and had kind of walked around back in this area, but hunted like in a tree, like you know, at the very back back part of the property had not gotten up into this area. So I had Phil's crossbow again and Phil set up next to the quarry on my grandpa's property. Had you
0: had you taken any practice shots with that crossbow?
2: Oh, I guess that's kind of a little update. So I missed that buck low. Uh it was the the crossbow was low. Oh the crossbow so that's was a little off. bit redeeming quality, a few inches low. I was aiming low on purpose, so definitely missed. Um I don't know how much is user error or the bow, but the crossbow, but let's say it was all crossbow. Just for so it was
1: dialed in for this hunt though.
2: So yeah, Phil and I had it up in the front field before we went out and hunted and shot it a couple of times, lost a bolt. That was sick. Um, but yeah, got it ready to go. Um, so had that and like went back and I told Derek, I went back and walked around in this area where I had, I had dropped an onyx pen and sent it to Phil. So he knew where I was going to be like before I went back there and I like started walking around and I found like rub, rub, rub and set up on this spot. and I pulled up Onyx to update the pin, so Phil knew exactly where I was. And I was literally like within a foot <laughs> of where uh, I dropped that pin. So um, it's a pretty good spot. There's like basically this huge bedding area back behind the quarry and then this big ravine that kind of goes down and comes up into this huge field. Um, there's like a food plot on one side and then you can cut through and there's like a bunch of ag on either side of it. And, um, so they just, they just roll through there. And so I'm sitting there on the ground. I had like my turkey, uh, hunting pad just sitting on the ground and I was like the way the wind was blowing, it was hitting me in the right side of my face. And so, um, the deer were likely going to come from my left, like walking with their nose to the wind through that area. And you and didn't take your
1: saddle at all. You nah. went intentionally to hunt for the ground.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just with a crossbow, like I'd never hunted out of a saddle before, and yeah. my shoulder is still messed up. It's just kind of a pain trying to get up into
3: a tree. I also find that the later into the season I go and the harder I've been hunting, the less you're full yeah. it. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to get up in a tree today. I'll yeah, right.
2: <laughs> um, and, I, and I really didn't even know shooting lane-wise back there if it would be advantageous to be up in a tree. Spoiler alert, it, it would have been. Uh, but... I was sitting there, and I was – I had just had – we're going to go squirrel hunt this place this weekend. Uh, I mean, I had squirrels, like, galore. Like, I had one almost, like, like come get on my boot. I was sitting on the ground. And so to my right, I mean, they're just, like, ten feet from me, like, three or four squirrels on the ground. And there's a couple in the trees and running around. So I'm just bored sitting there, you know. Uh, I had been out there for a few hours, and it's cold and kind of, you know, sleeting a little bit. And so I was just watching the squirrels to my right. And then I heard something else kind of beyond, and I was like, maybe that's a deer. It would be weird if it walked with the wind this way, but, hey, weirder things have happened. And so I'm sitting there watching to my right, and after a little while of nothing, I kind of just do, like, the little scan thing, you know. I'm just, like, scanning, I'm scanning, I'm scanning. I get all the way to my left, and there's just two deer standing there, two does, standing there at, like, 15 yards looking right at me. And as soon as my head got to them, one of them went, Phew. Took off. That's my blow sound. I can't do a blow sound. It sounded sound. like a horse. It did sound like a <laughs> horse. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. There you go. And Is this going
0: to be the story about how you crossbowed a horse?
2: <laughs> I can't tell that one on the podcast. Spoiler alert. It yeah. was a horse. <laughs> it's no. hanging on my wall. <laughs> no, it was two does, and then they took off running, and they ran past Phil and went up into a field, and there's like a bunch of bedding up in this field that phil knew was there and so he got down from the little knoll he was on and kind of followed him out once they got past him and tried to sneak up on him into that field and they just jumped up out of their bedding and took off even further so yeah i mean had him at 15 yards on the ground i've never really done that um except for that one time that i was uh still hunting that one doe um but yeah, I mean the hunt, the hunt went perfectly. They came from exactly where I thought they were going to come from, the exact distance I thought they were going to come from on the trail. Like they'd walked right in front of me, and if I was looking left when I was looking right, I'd probably kill those deer. But it was just quiet woods. I mean, the, yeah. it, it was kind of it was wet, and so the and the leaves have been on the ground for such a long time that I literally never heard them walk up. And uh, you know, I was distracted by all the squirrels and stuff. So it it's amazing. Goes. I love hunting from the ground. We've
1: talked about it before. Yeah. It's not always the most practical, and I would say ninety percent of the time it's not yeah. practical right. uh It is so easy to screw up, yeah, something minor, turning your head, moving yeah. your eyes, like so I literally have had a deer spook because I swallowed, and my Adam's apple made some sort of click noise, like oh, early wow. in the morning, dry throat, and so there's yeah. any number of things that can go wrong on the ground, yeah, but it is so cool to be right there eye level as they come in that close, yeah, and I just love
3: seeing them. Uh, if hunting on the ground, if I can find a ridge, I love sitting up on a ridge because then you kind of have the advantage still of being up mm-hmm. above the deer but you're sitting it. on the ground and it's a lot more comfortable. It's, we got to spot it out of our property. That's a huge ridge system that I've killed a lot of deer off of. Where I hunted in the Arboretum this year was the same deal. I hunted on the ground, just found a really nice ridge that ran through the zone that I was hunting. Yeah, yeah. this was uh,
2: in the middle of the travel corridor. I couldn't see that from where I was at. I that's, saw this walking that's out. That's nice. So there's that one, Goodness. Mm. and then there is also that one. Was it all the way around the tree? Dang near, yeah. So there's me and Phil kind of walked out of there, being like, he found two scrapes. We're like, man, this might have been a better hunting property than it was the past three years. So go out
1: there the spring, see what
2: sheds you can find, and yeah, and there's we found I found a nice little turkey spot too. Have, back have you there, all so.
3: seen or heard that? Uh, I've heard it from a couple people now that they're already finding sheds. Uh uh-uh, i hadn't heard that
1: no but i had some in january not this early in january last year
3: yeah i mean you'll have your one-offs you'll have some deer that just drop them early um, but and then there's also a big misconception like sometimes you'll find breaks and people think oh, it's yeah. a shed but right. i've I've heard from a couple people now that they've already found a shed or two which and is the weather maybe I, who knows when it's a break, does it look like that? Does no. it come off? No, it, it will break, it break the Above the It'll be like an actual, like, you'll see a shear. I have yeah. a good break that sits as, like, on the little coffee table in the living room. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. well, if we, I, I mean, th- I think there's nice deer rolling through there. I mean, my uncle shot that buck. Like yeah. I said, spent, you know, three years hunting out there as an adult and then hunted out there when I was 15. And, like, you know, they're just it's kind of known for not really having big bucks on it consistently. And... There's a guy. There's another guy that hunts out there, and I sent him those uh, those rubs, and he said he saw them um, but set a camera up like around him and never saw a buck roll through. Uh, but did I mean, he
1: was he aware of the buck that your uncle shot out there?
2: Um, I don't know if he knew of that one or not, um, dude. But,
1: it, I, I think they skirt cameras a lot more mm-hmm. than we realize, intentionally yeah. skirt them.
2: Yeah, and he's not like a real camera heavy guy. Like he's yeah. he's been hunting for a long time, and. Um, I think he likes the sport of you know finding them and whatever. So he he'll drop one every now and then on like a particular place or like he'll make a mock scrape and see what's kind of rolling through or whatever. But um, so it's not like there's just cameras everywhere out there and he has inventory of everything. That's not really how he rolls. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was a was a, a small eight point buck or whatever uh, or seven I think it came out to be. I can't remember. Um, but I mean I mean nice nice little buck you know as it was an older buck too that was a weird thing about it is it it wasn't like a two-year-old it was like a old deer that was kind of on the decline uh so having i I don't know a little encouraged from this season out there on like potentially running into some bucks uh but i do think it's a pretty transient property as far as bucks go i just don't think there's a lot of you know consistent buck activity but I mean, if we can be right place, right time during the rut, and they're kind of in that area, it would make sense. There's a lot of ag. There's a lot of, you know, big woods and stuff around. If we could just luck into one, that would
3: be pretty sweet out there. 75% of hunting, man. Yeah. Right place, right right time. I got a lesson of that this last weekend. Tell me more. Oh, yeah, you went uh, up to Ohio. Yep, I went up north. Met up with our boys, Paul and Andrew from the O2. Oh, Andrew went. No, he did not go. Oh. Uh, but we hung out with him. We, so, uh, we did actually you ended shoot up,
1: anything that didn't have four legs. And
3: we, we tried to talk him into it, man. Um, we we ended up crashing at his place, but because um, Paul had to, dude, Paul's crazy. He uh, he hunted with us Saturday. Got in his truck, drove to Indianapolis from Columbus. Did an NWTF function that night. Drove back to Columbus that night. Columbus area where they live. Got back in. Like napped for like two hours and then was back out hunting with us. the more insane. Yeah, I don't I don't know how he does it. He's um, even crazier on turkeys too. Oh yeah, during so, turkey season, that yeah. guy runs himself. We're ragged. out there yesterday morning. Snow is coming down. We're hunting this cut cornfield. Everyone's looking for geese and ducks. That's what we're out there hunting for. Paul's over there with a hoot alcohol trying to get turkeys a shot. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> he is eight up. Did I he get me? No, uh, no. He is eight up though, man, and I love it. But yeah, we we. Drove up to Ohio. Um, we had a real good crew. with. Well, okay, so the plan was Saturday we were going to hunt flooded timber. And Paul's buddies that are real big waterfowl, guys, they've been hunting this section of flooded timber. It's on public land. They've been hunting it pretty hard. They These guys take off work for, like, a good part of January to hit, like, the good duck hunting. And they, um, they've been hitting it pretty hard the last few days before we get up there with pretty good success. And so I guess the night before we head up, um, they they get a pretty good cold front that moves through. And me and Paul were talking on the phone about it even, and he was like, yeah, we got some colder weather moving in. I don't think it's going to be cold enough, and it's been warm enough leading up to it. I don't think anything's going to happen.
1: Like they're not going to show up overnight.
3: Well, not so much the ducks. We're worried about the flood of timber freezing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're actually thinking going into it, like, man, we might time this perfect. Like we might be getting there right when duck activity really picks up and right before that flooded timber freezes. So – That next morning, um, well, later in the day, we hit the road. We're driving up a little south of Cincinnati, get a phone call from Paul. He's like, man, flood of timbers under two inches of ice right now. He's like, they went out this morning. They couldn't even, like, break it. They're out there ice skating on it, basically. So Hmm. that's off the table. So shift gears, end up hunting this section of private property that Paul's got permission on that he sees a lot of geese on, um, cut cornfield. Um, It sounds like the the farmer who farms this property is using some older equipment, which is good and bad. Um, Maybe not so good for him because maybe he's leaving a lot on the ground using older equipment. Good for wildlife, though. Lots of corn gets left on the ground when they're cutting it with older equipment. And I think that's why the geese love this property so much. Um, So we have a good crew that first day. There's six of us total. Um, We set up get out in the layout line, set a pretty decent goose spread. I think we had somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 goose decoys out there, a combination (laughs) of silhouettes and socks and stuff like that. And there's a quarry not too far away that the geese are using as a roost. And I'd say we ended up hunting. Some people kind of phased out as the morning went on, but, I mean, we had somebody out there hunting until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And from, you know, shooting like to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we probably saw 300 geese flying over from this quarry but as I was saying you know hunting's all about being at the right place at the right time they just didn't want to be there you hear about it a lot in the waterfowl world you know being on the x and we weren't on the x they wanted to feed in some other field on some other section of private property we didn't have permission on is what it is so we were just trying to pull traffic and so we have all these geese flying over good spread we're flagging them we're calling at them stuff like that they're looking we had one group fly over that was almost pokeable and it was pretty cool just watching these geese watching their head just like crane in flight and looking over at the spreads um nothing flared which was good i mean we f- we all agreed at the end of everything that it's like we did everything right It's just what, it what is what nothing flared uh, flaring and waterfowl is like they, you have ducks or geese that are committing and then they see something that not even necessarily something they don't like. It's like the next level up. They see something that tells them like, no, we're not. Cause geese and ducks can be really particular. They might look at you and they never flare, but they never land also. Cause they just something about it. They don't like, and they got all kinds of other options and places they can go. But a flare would in like the deer hunting world would be an equivalent of like, you got like a busted. Blow. Yeah. Um, so nothing flared, but. They just they just didn't want to be there. I think they had a better field that they could feed in, something that was probably a little more nutrient-rich for them that time of year because we got hit with snow too, so you got to think that they're worried about the cold also. Um, but then kind of same deal. We had a smaller group the second day. We had a lot more snow come down in the morning of the second day. Um, didn't see as many geese, but still probably saw in the – maybe about 100 when you take all the groups that we saw. Um, we got our hopes up at one point. We heard somebody, it sounded like they jump shot a group off of another property quite a far away. And I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later, we see them coming up over behind the ridge. They fly over, they go to this other spot, and then they hook and come back. And they looked like they were coming right in to finish. And they just, they weren't. They just kind of were coming. They got a little close, and then they turned and just kept going right back to where they just got jump shot off of. Um, I want to do it. I, waterfowl hunting
1: sounds like a lot of fun, especially it's, because of like the is. social aspect. Yeah, I don't, you don't get that. the social, social aspect
0: sounds fun, but like something like that, where if I I was traveling to go to a destination, especially if I had taken time off of work, it's like man, I just don't. I would be so upset if I didn't even get a shot off. Oh, I've gotten skunk nah, so many time You got to get over that, man.
3: Yeah, That's,
0: I'm not afraid of the skunk because everything. I'm like, not afraid. Of, I'm not like, f- afraid of skunk. I'm just, how much effort would I put into skunking? You know what I mean? How yeah, much you got to put the same much? Much? But it's, in. You it know is know all I mean? the
1: experience. It's like we were talking about with deer hunting the other day, <clears throat> not to pick on Dan, but I'm going to, <laughs> inviting you and you turn it down because it wasn't the kind of hunt that you wanted to do, which I get. But there is so much learning things that happen when you're just out there watching geese come in, watching how they react, listening to Derek explain to you what just happened, why. That's the kind of stuff that, Skunks are worth whatever effort. I mean, sometimes it's money. It's a real how,
3: stereotypical how, answer, but like I, I view every hunting trip as a success, no matter what happens, because I gained either knowledge or experience that I'm going to apply to the next time.
0: Yeah, I would just. How long the drive was
3: that? And from here, about three and a half hours.
0: Okay, well, that's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. I'd probably do a three-and-a-half-hour
1: trip. Dan's
3: going to start going on all these guided hunts. <laughs> so i <I'll> kill geese <laughs> yeah, every time. That's, <laughs> not,
1: that's the opposite of what I want to do. I'm going to a ranch. I want bull number two.
0: <laughs> no, that's what, that's what you were offering up, where you're like, no, oh, I know where the it, deer dude. are. That's <laughs> like a guided
3: hunt. That's I a
1: scouting. Th- that I have scouted this property. Yeah, he knows where the it's deer are a, after hours
3: a, of scouting and hunting. It's there. not <laughs> a farm. Yeah, that's true. I have two cameras out It is a farm, though, isn't it?
1: No, it's not a deer farm.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, man. The waterfowl is my favorite. It's my favorite hunting at the end of the day, and especially it, where we come from in this part of w- – Kentucky is already not a great waterfowl state. We have areas that are decent, but then on top of that, we're in probably one of the worst areas for it in our state. Um, I still – wake up at four o'clock in the morning and wonder why I'm doing this. But I do it. I mean, I love it. It's it my It sounds favorite. like
0: the government's starting to realize what's going on with waterfowl. And I was reading and we were talking about how much money, federal money they're putting towards waterfowl habitat and yeah. increasing the population. I mean,
3: there's stuff. always been that. I mean, there's you know, waterfowl is managed on a federal level. States have some control over some aspects of it, but I mean, that's why you have to have, you know, additional license on a federal level to hunt waterfowl and, Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. When we were in North Dakota, I mean, that North Dakota is a place where you can really see your money at work as far as conservation, stuff like that. They have these WPAs, the waterfowl production areas, and every one of them has, you know, these big signs that say like bought and managed with money from federal duck stamps. So
1: question about that. So obviously conservation dollars go to that, go Mm -hmm. to those kind of projects that build habitat in the Dakotas Mm -hmm. or wherever. Mm -hmm. Are you, is there any way to influence the
3: flyway? I mean, or is it just flyways, flyway, it'll be that way until... The flyway, I'm not the right person to talk to about this. I'm not a biologist. Uh, I can just kind of regurgitate stuff that I've heard. But it it, it seems as though flyways do shift throughout the years. Um, We're not talking major shifts. It's not like from Missouri to Georgia. It's Uh not going to shift that much. You're just... No, I mean, that... uh, the the Mississippi flyway which is what we're in I mean if you kind of look at it I mean each one of those flyways it's a very vague map but the all four of the flyways encompass the whole United States like technically we are still in the Mississippi flyway like right here but we're just not you know they're going to follow the Mississippi River so even though we're in the Mississippi flyway like we're not here we're not close to the river
1: so no matter what you do on the ground from a habitat perspective at some point location is going to trump that so more or
3: less i mean but we can still do habitat stuff on a local level it goes on here there's du money and duck stamp money being spent here in this part of our state for duck stuff but what we're dealing with more here would be like your resident populations wood ducks and stuff like that they do really well here um so that's where that money's going here Uh Um, but i mean you'll still catch migrators here. I mean, they, they follow the Ohio still. They follow the Kentucky River. Um, that's where I typically have the most success is hunting places, you know, around the Kentucky River. Um, Ohio's good, too. It's just bigger water. So you got to have a way to actually get out on it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, studies are showing that the flyaways do shift throughout the years, but nothing super crazy like what you're saying. Yeah. But still want to try it. Oh, I, <laughs> I love it. At least it's going
1: to be like, no,
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll another take one. Not will catch them all. I'll take you, man. I'll, I'll take you. Any, <laughs> anytime you want to go, let me know. I, mean, yeah. I got plenty of public land spots I that let's, I guarantee. Um, you know, you'll get a feel for it, but let's, you're let's not do that gonna twenty four. Yeah, I can't guarantee ducks though,
1: or I guess twenty five.
3: We still got 24,
1: for
0: 24,
3: 25. Mm-hmm. Jim, it, it for 25. Not, not season. Not yeah. 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 It'd be the 24-25 yeah. season. It'd be the 24-25 season. But, I mean, our, our duck season runs till January 31st. Goose will stay open till February 15th. Um, goose is actually pretty doable. I mean, you don't – some of my goose spots, you won't need to buy any more gear than what you already have. So, Waiters and a shotgun. You won't even need waiters on some of these goose spots. Hmm. All right. Me
2: Because you won't be shooting anything. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Derek, and Bardo are headed back out for our second crack at oh, yeah. uh, it's Ballard, Ballard this week. Yep. So we leave, we leave
3: Wednesday and hunt Thursday, Friday. So. And I'm going to try to get out Wednesday morning before we leave for a little goose shoot.
1: Yeah. On the way down there or out here? No,
3: it somewhere closer to here. I'll do that in the morning and then head back to the house and get everything ready, and we'll head down to western Kentucky.
1: Just the three of you? Quentin's not going this time? Yeah, just
3: the three of us. Quentin just had a baby. Well, his wife just had a baby. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Good
1: for him. We just, Well, at least he got out last, yeah, last time. Yeah, well, and Before
3: that's we... what he was – it was funny when we were down there last time. He was like, well, my wife said I could go the second time, but I think I'm going to be smart and not go. You're going to read <laughs> <Yeah>. the room. <laughs> yeah. But Were you about to say something?
0: I was trying to – I'm Googling where Pallard. It's like
3: the farthest west. Mm-hmm. Like Paducah. north, north it's west. Yeah. So we're gonna Duc- be Duc- driving
0: through it on the way to ATA.
3: No, I don't think so. Where you? All go, where's ATA this year? St. Louis. No, you won't drive through. We go up. You'll take 64. Over. I say just, up, but go you just up take to Indiana and go over. Yeah, you'll just take 64 all the way to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, you won't be.
2: Anything uh, cool gonna be at ATA that we're aware of, or is it gonna be a surprise? Like last year, it was the latitude carbon sticks being the big thing.
1: I don't know. I mean, I and think
2: the tethered uh, lock lockdown lockdown. Yeah, Those I
1: don't. Are the two big ones. I haven't really heard of anything that's crazy that okay. they've been teasing. Um, okay. I do know something I've been looking at is Ultra Arrows has kind of started picking up some big names. They just they just signed Levi Morgan. Oh wow, hmm. um, which is big because yeah. I think yeah. he's been with Easton for a long time. That's right. Yeah. So um, uh, more of these arrow companies are coming out. I feel like. Yeah, nice. it seems
2: like most of the big folks for a long time have been Easton. Yeah, Easton, Gold Tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. I I, I don't know what's going to be a surprise. We have a bunch of meetings scheduled. There will probably be a little bit of time to walk around, get yeah. to see Paul, Andrew, yep.
3: Glenn. Nice. All those guys. Sweet. TJ. You have to pick up something from Andrew, by the way. I do? Yeah. For you? Mm, for Bardo. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: interesting.
1: <laughs> Grass seed, grass seed, no, <laughs> <Grassy>. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I'm excited to see see our buddies in the in the industry, um kind of check in with everybody. And I honestly, like, there's a bear bow that I'd like to demo over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll you, have Dan?
0: to report back on
3: some stuff.
2: Yeah. You all see it? I'll
0: probably, you know, you were talking about doing some bear shooting at the. At the archery range. I I probably will do some because I'm going to get into the uh, into archery this uh, this year. I do feel like as far as industry and doing work there uh, there's definitely a lot more companies that are willing to kind of partner with e-commerce and other companies and not just do the direct to consumer stuff so I have a feeling there will be people that have not wanted to work with us in the past that will be more open to it now, um, which will cool. be a good good problem to have. More brands. Yep. Sweet. I can think of one.
1: I don't even know. It's not really a distributor, but. One massive conglomerate company. that would be nice to get them and their products in that we get currently. I'm, I'm a big fan them them of your right. products. <laughs> your products
0: are very delicious. <laughs> Jimmy
1: Dean commercial.
0: Don't know where you test your products. <laughs> I started I started
1: quoting that, and no one in the room knew
3: what it was. I was like, oh, it's gosh. a deep cut. When you uh, say it around people who do know, it's it's great. But most people just look at you like, what are you talking about?
2: Yeah. And then you show them the YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, our next episode will
1: be recorded after ATA. Um, it, the way our episodes are delayed, it's not going to be anything earth-shattering. We're actually kind of caught up at this point. Announced started. Yeah.
2: I mean, it'll be like a week, so it won't be too delayed.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. So, Dan and I will get on next week and talk about what we saw, what was cool.
0: Oh, we're shooting an uncensored in uh, at shot in Vegas? Yeah. I think we talked
3: about it. All the equipment's going to be there. Yeah. Is next week right gonna just you. be like the same crew as this week? Cause yeah, because we they, need to
2: report back too. Yeah, we can talk hey, about Ballard hunt. Yeah. Unless we don't kill anything, then we'll. That's that's how you guys know if me and me and or Derek are not on the don't, next episode. Don't do this, man. Don't did, ask us. You did
3: some like real cryptic stuff last year, and it, I think it cursed us. So. No, uh,
2: you. I, I was saying stuff, and I asked for your project, prediction, and, and you I said, said I didn't. We're gonna want kill. To. We're gonna kill two ducks. And how many ducks did we kill? Two. Two ducks. You guys
1: have any kind of insight into? the area like what's been coming through a little bit i don't want to divulge all my
2: no that's fine (laughs) that 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 was all that yes or no
0: derek as as far as next door knows derek lives in eight different neighborhoods (laughs) and he's just hitting up everyone in those neighborhoods hey karen i love what you did with your siding by the way have you seen any ducks flying (laughs) over (laughs) you're not
3: entirely too far off from how we hunted tennessee this year (laughs) Oh, all right, y'all. We're
1: going to go get some real work done. appreciate you all listening in. Make sure you're logging all the episodes. Keep getting <laughs> your rewards from Gunbroker. And if you're not already following the no low, Bo- bloop, 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 no low Ballers podcast, get on that so you'll get all the fresh drops that we'll be recording. How, at man, at how many show. episodes do you think we have lined up for SHOT Show? 26. 26. Wow. And, and there's going to be some more that probably pop up.
0: Yeah. As people are walking by and we're not doing anything, we'll be like, hey,
1: you want to hop on? Podcast?
2: Maybe it's pretty. <laughs> it's tight. <laughs> it is tight. But but Logan,
1: Logan will hate us if we do that for the right person. Times.
2: That's true. Yeah, so. the right brand. We might. Yeah.
1: All right. Log this episode. Get your points. Cash them in. We'll see you all next week. See so you. Bye. <laughs>